closer. I figured if there's like a raising of the chain, I think right now would Interesting times you live in the song definitely uh, definitely uh finds it all fully that person. It's just crazy how the, the build-up I felt like happened slow. It was almost like there was a chance that it might not come to what it ultimately came to. You know what I mean? Like there was maybe there was, you know, some saber rattling, but no, we're not gonna go over the edge. Yeah, I don't think anybody really expected that. I mean, some people kind of, you know, they they had a high suspicion, but I, I don't think anybody really thought it was... I don't think anybody really thought it was actually going to... Just like you said, I don't, I don't think anybody really thought it was going to come to fruition. So here's and the yet, question. here we are. Right. <laughs> but here's... This begs the question. Do you think if there was a different leader in the United States' capacity that things could have turned out different. Because I think one thing that we make big, one of the biggest problems that we have is that I think our egos get a little bit too big as far as America goes. Mm-hmm. And we think that we're going to be able to, to solve all the world's problems. And I think, you know, growing up, we used to hear the term the world's police all the time, right? And I think that we had this reputation as being such that we always like to think that, you know, somehow we could cure everything, if we will. But I mean, mm-hmm. they're going into, you know, Russia's going into Ukraine. A lot of people questioning why they would go and see Ukraine in the first place. I mean, we can get into a little bit of that later on, but yeah, I mean, what it all boils down to a lot of times, and especially in this, I mean, there's resources that are there and yeah, yeah. here we are. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that's, that's really the main reason why, but I, I I'm just very surprised that at how things have unfolded over the past couple of days. I mean, obviously, for, different reasons. for listeners yeah i mean for listeners i mean if it's not obvious at this point the the war that russia has declared on ukraine and has uh has inflicted upon them over the past three to four days or so um it's just interesting how you know i thought that you know russia was easily going to take over ukraine within a matter of days and it just has not turned out that way whatsoever um, I mean, y- y- you could give the Ukrainian people a lot of credit for for the fight that they've put up without a doubt. But I think Russia has just put up a complete lackluster performance altogether. There, I mean, there, there's there's some speculation to why that is. Maybe it's multiple variables. I, I, I'm no military expert by any stretch of the imagination. We could we could certainly get into some of that, but it's just. It's astounding what the whooping that Ukrainians have put on the Russians so, thus far. It's, it's very impressive. It has been. I mean, I think early estimates were that the capital would fall within five days. Mm-hmm. And still, I mean, I, I didn't even realize that Vladimir Klitschko, former boxing mm-hmm. champ, I didn't realize he was the mayor of Kyiv. Kyiv? Yeah. Kyiv? I guess it depends on where in the world. I don't know. I, I, you know, this whole time, up until like a couple of years ago, it was Kiev, K-I-E-V. And now I see K-Y-I-V, K-I-E-V is the traditional Kiev that we've all grown to know. And it's pronounced like Kiev and Kiev. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know like 
what language people are speaking half the time when they're trying to pronounce it. Even, even with the president's last name, Zelensky, like it's spelled like three different ways. I, I don't know which one is right. So I don't know what the hell. But anyway, anyway, getting to what you're saying. Today's beverage. Um, I'm going to go with a little Basil Hayden's today. Nice. Yes. It's been a while since Let's I had it. it. So it's going to be, I might need tools to get this, this lid off here. Need a little. Oh, need, need some WD-40. Oh, got it. Just put a little spit on it. Can't get the spit on until I get the thing off. <laughs> so many innuendos. There. Uh, I, I think this is very, very fitting for today's episode. Uh, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. Nice. There's going to be some eagle claw. Boom. Ah, yes, sir. That's right. Yeah, so it's been it's been a very very interesting past I don't know four or five days, week or so, couple weeks, all the build up to all of this. Salute, my friend. Yeah, salute, and cheers to the to the Ukrainian people for putting up a hell of a fight. Seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, big fan of Seinfeld growing up, and uh, it made me think there was the uh, with the resistance that. Putin is finding himself um, in, in trying to take over Ukraine. It just reminded me of that old Seinfeld episode when they were playing Risk. You ever see that one? I, no, I did not see that one. Uh, you, you're missing it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so Kramer starts this game of Risk. Yeah. And, and, you know, they basically he starts it, I think, at Jerry's apartment. He's taking it all over the place. And he finds himself playing it with, with the new and from down the hall and they're on a subway and they're they're talking about it or is it because i've built a stronghold around greenland i've driven you out of western europe and i've left you teetering on the brink of complete annihilation i'm not beaten yet i still have armies in the ukraine (laughs) the ukraine you know what the ukraine is it's a sitting duck a road apple newman the ukraine is weak it's feeble I think it's time to put the herd on the Ukraine. I come from Ukraine. You're not say Ukraine weak. Yeah, well, we're playing a game here, pal. Ukraine is game to you. How about I take your little borders? So the game's over. <laughs> so I think that was basically Putin trying to, to figure out uh, who's going to take it over. I mean, okay, so let's get down to yeah. it. Like, so a lot of people might be asking themselves, why, why Ukraine? Why now? Um, well, I think why now is probably the best question. But the why Ukraine, I think, um, mm-hmm. my eyes have been open to it because initially I was saying the same thing. And it turns out, I mean, there's quite a bit of resources. Um, for an area that's the size of Texas um, in all of Europe <clears throat> compared to Russia, which is massive in landmass, I think it's it, it, top three, actually, in quite a few resources, including yep, in, including material that's that's required for lithium batteries, um, oil production. Mm-hmm. As we've seen, you know, oil prices have been skyrocketing lately. Anyway, this is just adding fuel to the fire. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the list goes on. I mean, different types of ore um, that's used for different different yep. metals and wheat, corn. Wheat, wheat is huge. Yes, yeah. I yeah. think it was. 
one of the top product producers in the world, which is incredible. Like I said, the area being the size of Texas, roughly, that it's able to basically feed as many people as it is. Major yeah. export. So you hold mm-hmm. that. I mean, you're controlling yeah. a large stake in the food supply. And, you know, the, the thing with Russia is that it is a large country by, by area, but a lot of it is Siberia, which is, I, I don't want to say useless, but it's... It, it, it's very desolate in those areas. I, I don't know what they have going on out there. I mean, like the U.S. is a big country. And if you look at the majority of our population is either east of the Mississippi or west of the Rocky Mountains. Between the Mississippi and the Rocky Mountains, population of the U.S. isn't that big. It's not huge in comparison to the, to the basically the eastern part and the west coast. But we have prairie lands, which are all it's, you know, that that's like that's a breadbasket of the world. So it's a lot of useful territory, a lot of it. I mean, from literally from Canada's border all the way down to Mexico's border, virtually all of that is farmland. Sure, there's quite a bit of desert. If you're talking about New Mexico, Arizona, western part of Texas. Yeah, I get that. But generally speaking. Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, southward, like I said, all the way to Texas, we have all farmland, so we can produce a shit ton of food. Russia has quite a bit of resources, especially with oil and gas production, but I don't know what they have past, you know, you know, eastern, you know, east past the Ural Mountains or the Caucasus Mountains or whatever the hell they're called. My, my geography of, of the, that part of the world is a little, little fuzzy, but I know that those are some mountain ranges in those areas, but I, I don't know what they have going on past that other than just relatively desolate areas that are sparsely populated. So I, I don't know. But yes, Ukraine does have quite a bit of resources. So you have to wonder, is it part that? Or is it mostly that? Or is it part that along with Putin just decided to have um, some sort of epiphany and wanted to restart the Soviet Union again, which I know that we've been seeing quite a bit of quite a few headlines speculating that as well, on top of the fact that some people think he's got a couple screws loose all finally, and they, they finally really come to come to the forefront of, of the conversation. And, yeah. it, you know, when you look at the military strategy, you have to think as well, is that part does that have to do with part of him having a couple screws loose? Right. I mean, we are hearing a lot that it has to do with basically reunited and recreating the USSR. That was the empire, if you will, um, the Russian empire, if you will, from like the early 1900s, as far as like the mid eighties, when it was finally starting to be dissolved under Gorbachev. And, and, you know, we saw a lot of changes then between East and West Berlin unifying Germany. And, but, you know, I mean, we've seen this so far with like Crimea and Belarus now, mm-hmm. um, in a glimmer of light, we're starting to see that, um, Zelensky, 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 it is Zelensky. Yep. Yeah, like Zelensky. A, Zelensky, like Zelensky auto parts from Tommy boy. <laughs> But yeah, Zelensky, he's agreeing to, to meet with uh, Russia, but he's he was 
from what I, I saw that I'm, I'm seeing some reports that he didn't want to have this accord take place in Belarus. And then I'm seeing other reports that are saying that he's agreeing to meet with Russia at the Belarus border. So I don't know who to believe, but yeah. the big thing, takeaway from this whole thing is the fact that both parties are agreeing to once again, sit down. Now, you wonder if a lot of these sit downs are being done just for show, just to make it seem because I mean, the worldwide collective idea is that this is not what we want to say, right? I mean, there's most of the, right. most of the countries, I mean, there's quite a few that are against, against, right? Including Russians, Russia's own citizens, you know, getting yeah. involved. And I think you shared with me a message from anonymous that was talking about this, you know, their coalition of hackers that, that are getting involved, including some of Russia's own citizens. And you're seeing, um, I think it was the, the, uh, you, uh, the Russian, I don't know, it was the climate guru or whatever it was. I, I saw the article, but basically <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody in, for the climate accords was showing up on Russia's behalf and he was apologizing to Ukraine for the invasion. So this is not popular in Russia as well. I mean, this is something that... No, it's not. It's basically, like you said, I mean, it's, it's almost like... Like Putin. See, this is what people have to realize, that things are much, much different between the United States and Russia, Right. For the United States to go to war, it literally takes an act of Congress. Yep, it's it with us eventually. I mean, obviously, executive powers they'll be able to wage war, but they're going to have to do so with good reason. You know, the United States yeah. people aren't going to just stand behind while you know whoever our leader is at the time just goes willy nilly and decides to attack whatever country. I mean, there's going to be a large build up. There's going to be people protesting, um, whatever side they might happen to be on. There'll be you know saber rattling there will be you know you'll you'll hear about it from different media outlets or whatever these are the reasons why we're going to do it you know we, we remember this right we remember this leading up to the wars that we went through in the middle east yeah you know i mean there, there was there was reason for it. so you wonder what the russian citizens were being exposed to what kind of propaganda machine was was being built up before it led up to it because like we said i mean it was there was a build-up and granted we're looking at it from the other side of the world, right? So yeah. what were their citizens being exposed to that were leading up to this attack? Yeah, I. who knows? Um, I mean, it's hard to say, like, what, just like you're saying, it's hard to say what, what propaganda um, the Russian or the, the state-run media in Russia has been putting out. Um, I, I, I personally haven't searched for any, but I could, I could only imagine that Putin is just putting out some ridiculous stuff, just like what he was saying on, on those, those, um, not press briefings, but like those, those addresses that he put out those recordings saying that he's going after Nazis and in, 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 uh, in Ukraine and, and, uh, he's trying to stop a Russian genocide in Ukraine, like. But, but the people in Russia have to be like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, the, and I know he's not very popular in Russia, despite the fact that he keeps getting "quote unquote" reelected. And I say that with a grain of salt; he probably just keeps getting himself put in there with, with the help of of these crony oligarchs that are running around in their yachts and luxury vehicles and everything throughout the country. So you have to wonder, like, what the Russian people are are thinking. But it, it you know, if you if you look at the protests and, and I'm not saying that the protests are going on throughout Russia are, are indicative of what's going on consistently throughout the nation. Cause we just don't know that. But the fact that 
you know, last figures I saw from earlier today was that up to 5,000 Russians, up to 5,000 protesters in Russia had been detained uh, to date, just like protesting the, the, the fact that Russia had attacked Ukraine and the fact that, you know, we heard reports of some Russian soldiers just completely giving up. They're like, I don't know why, why I'm here, what I'm doing here. And, and they're like, they're getting crushed by Ukraine. They're getting absolutely annihilated on the streets. Um, so, it, you know, I, I can imagine that right now it's very, very unpopular, despite whatever bullshit that nutbag is putting out. Mm. You know, it's interesting you say that, because, like, you know, just getting crushed in it one's, makes you wonder about the equipment that they're using, you know, uh, before this whole thing even took off, you know, a friend of mine is involved in the United States military. I think he was with the, the Air Force Reserves and he was talking about, you know, just just making jokes or the referencing like the weaponry that Russia uses, you know, but basically I think at the time we were watching these, these recruitment videos. And I think you, and I talked to it on this podcast, just like the difference in the, the recruitment videos from the United States in comparison to that of China or that of Russia. Yeah. Right. And we're just like, you know, this guy is waking up. He's ready to go. He's ready to, 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 for anything that comes his way, as far as the Russian goes. And my friend's laughing. He's just like, yeah, with his, rifle from 1965 it's just like they have such outdated equipment but they also have some very good equipment and i don't think we want to see that you know i I remember maybe a month ago there was reports out of uh, russia that were saying that they had tested a, a missile and just like the one i think that we were talking about um that china has that basically they launch it and it could be anywhere yeah it could be anywhere in the united states within 23 minutes 23 yeah. minutes. That's long enough to watch a Seinfeld episode without commercials. Like <laughs> it's, it's scary to think about, yeah, you know, and it it's is. just like, it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, and especially as this whole thing kicked off the threats on by Putin saying that, you know, any country that attempts to interfere, they're going to be faced with a wrath that they haven't seen ever. So, I mean, that just like, you could go to bed not realize that something's happening and then you know in the middle of the night there's retaliation that comes from russia in the form yeah. of whatever missile it is a hypersonic missile that they launched half hour ago yeah well i and i think too um i i don't think he would he would flat out you know press the button per se i don't I think, think so in and the reason being is because there's so much opposition to it right now yeah I mean, look, there's there's cars in F1 that have had the Russian flag on it. They've been removed. FIFA has removed all Russian references. I mean, it's going across sport. I mean, these are just like sports entities that I referenced. But I mean, if it's gotten to a sports entity, it's obviously take it's it's much larger. You know what I mean? There's a reason yeah. why a climate official from Russia is apologizing for what's going on in Ukraine, right? Yeah, it, exactly. And, and, you know, in the end, it's a, it's a zero sum game when when you get to a level of nuclear warfare, it, the the retaliation that comes out of that is 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 unmatched, to be quite honest. I mean, it, and it keeps going back and forth until basically everybody's wiped off the face of the earth. I, I know it's kind of being a little a little extreme about it, but realistically, let's say, for instance, they did fire a missile and it hit New York. It hit LA, okay, or they're they're aiming for Washington D.C. Let's just say, 
and we couldn't shoot it down and it was successful in hitting. I mean, the rest of our forces would go in and completely obliterate Russia. No questions asked. We would flatten Moscow. Like every single square inch of, of Moscow would probably be on fire. As far as I'm concerned. So like, what, what do you, what are you, what do you gain out of that? What, what, what are you going to gain by, by firing such an evil weapon on mankind when the retaliation against you is going to be equal, if not more than what you, more than what you inflicted on your enemy. Mm. I mean, you could draw comparisons to like Nagasaki and, 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 uh, Nagasaki. Hiroshima. There we go. I don't know why I'm yeah. having such a brain fart with Hiroshima, but okay. you know, back then we were pretty much the only nuclear power <clears throat> then. Yeah. So once everybody is armed, it makes it a different you're going to approach things a little bit differently. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not going to, if you're armed with a, with a pistol, you know, you're not going to be afraid to go to that knife fight, but once it becomes a gunfight, all of a sudden, you know, yeah, when you have an equalizer there, it's a totally different ballgame. Right. It leveled the playing field. But even that, I mean, we have, we have conventional weapons that are, that are very, very devastating too. I mean, if you look at that, a mother of all bombs that we dropped like on 7, those. 7,000 pound bomb or something like that. Yeah, I mean that that's not a nuclear that that's not a nuclear warhead. That, that's a conventional weapon with just a ton enormous amount of yeah. And an enormous amount of firepower associated with it. I mean they're they they call those things daisy cutters as far as I remember. And well, you know why just, they they explode above the ground. Yeah. Yeah, as do as do most most do, uh, yeah. Yeah, the like even even the nuclear warheads they do because if they actually impact the ground, the ground will absorb a lot of the a lot of the um, the explosive force of the of the bomb itself. So you want to you want to detonate it maybe like a couple hundred feet. I don't know, maybe a little higher above the ground to kind of you know shower all that all that power outward mm. as far as you could, as opposed to having the ground absorb most of it. Right. And that's not a new technology either. That's been around for some time. Those yeah. bombs were actually around during like the Vietnam era. And I'm not sure if they were around during like World War II era, or Korean War era, but they certainly were around during the Vietnam era. And uh, I I've, I went down a rabbit hole one day and I was just listening to a bunch of stories that were told by soldiers that were there. And just hearing their eyewitness accounts from back, you know, going into an area after one of those bombs is detonated and just talking about the carnage and just basically everything was flattened. People, yeah. obviously, humans just flattened. There was there wasn't much yeah. left. Are you talking about like, like like nuclear warheads? No, 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 just something like a like the the Moab. Oh, a large like mother of all bam. Yeah. 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 They just they detonate so far above it and it's just it the, just the concussion is enough to just yeah. flatten whoever's underneath it yeah i mean exactly. people don't realize you know I, I know i didn't realize so much when i was when i was younger but the the consequence of war and that it's not like a video game where you just you know you you shoot the person then they disappear you know there's that body that just that's going to be there there's that yeah. blood there's that mm -hmm. it's it's savage devastation man. war, war is, is savage you know it and, is. it's very then, savage then you see, you know, you, you end up seeing images of like uh, Zelensky where he's in the trenches, essentially, 
right? Yeah. There was a there was a link that you had shared with me, and it was uh-huh. basically saying, you know, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition or something like that. And yeah, I didn't realize, I didn't understand it initially, but you know, as we talk about it, I, I do. I don't know if you know a little bit more about that anywhere uh, situation there. So I, at that, from what I understand, um, I guess. And I think it was us that had suggested to him, you know, why don't you leave the country and govern from afar just to stay safe and, and to maintain a, a, a functioning government. And, and his intent was to stay there and to defend this country along with, along with his, with, with, along with all his countrymen. And he said, I don't need a ride. I need more ammunition. Alluding to the idea, I, I need shit to fight here. Yeah. Okay. I need ammo. I need equipment. I need uh, anti-tank missiles. Uh, I need uh, anti-aircraft missiles. I need everything. I need all of that. We can we can hold our own as long as we have to, and we are willing to die for our country. And I, I mean, to me, that's very inspirational. <laughs> that's that's like a, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess you could say that's a that's like a modern day George Washington. Right. Be, I, yeah. I, and I hate to sound so dramatic yeah. on something like that, but I, I don't know of any other world leader that would have done what this guy did facing what he was facing. Like I yeah. posted something on Facebook a couple of days ago before I got my second ban. We could talk <laughs> about that. But I posted something and I said, you know, how many of our I, people really have to stop and think, OK, no matter where you are in the United States, even if you're in a different country. Look at your at your elected representatives. Look at your elected officials. How many of them would actually stay behind, arm themselves with a rifle, put on body armor, put on a helmet, and be in the trenches with with their local or with their with, with their fellow Even a local politician? Never mind the president. Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly like how what many he's of doing. them. Exactly, and and that's. If uh, you have to think how that situ, how the current situation would be, if he did cut and run like the cowardly Afghani president did back in July or August, (laughs) with his helicopter full of money and flew. Exactly. So how how would the situation in Ukraine be right now if he did cut and run? Do yeah, you we think would the, be talking about how uh, we would be talking about the hell of a fight that they're putting up. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, that, like this image, like you know, you use that phrase, "a picture is worth a thousand words," right? I mean, this is an image of their leader in a trench with Kevlar helmet, with body armor on. You know, and it says this is great here. I mean, you know, the picture and the caption. It's just we, you know, we talk about how the Ukrainian president has emerged as an example of leadership and what it means for troops to see their president standing with them. The kind of leader that I would like to go to combat with is quoted at uh, a Starvitis. He is the allied commander. Exactly. Um, you know, and that speaks volume. Can you imagine Joe Biden being in trenches right now with, with our, you know, any, any, of, our any of our past presidents? Or, yeah, exactly. Any, exactly. Any of them. Right. Maybe, that's the thing. maybe like we uh, have people that don't that have never spent a day in the military or people that have, you know, done whatever they can to not be involved in the military is even if they're, you know, National Guard or whatever the case may be. And then they later lie about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but it's crazy. You know, I think yeah. it's almost time to have somebody that this is why, you know, you and I, we've talked about this to, to no end basically and how, you know, we, a candidate comes along, somebody like uh like a Tulsi Gabbard, who's a democratic candidate and how they're not shown any interest. You know, it, it's, you have somebody that can cross the aisle and, it, she was just dismissed. I mean, this is somebody that has been to combat, been to war zones. You know, it's familiar with with everything. I don't know if you caught any of her. She's been releasing a series of videos on like her Instagram and such, where she she discusses it. But it's important to have somebody that had some experience in in this whole thing. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I I I don't know what his you know if he if he did serve any time in the military. Well, actually, I think he I think. At, I think you have to, as Ukrainian, I think as you reach a certain age, you probably are obligated to do a certain number of years of service, maybe like, I don't know, a year and a half, two years or so, just like in most other countries in Europe. <clears throat> but I, I think regardless, it, it takes somebody uh, of special character to really do that. And I, and I hate to keep harping on this. And I, I, I'm, I usually don't like to, you know, jump on the bandwagon of certain things, but for me, this has been very, very inspirational over the past couple of days, just to see somebody like this to say, no, I no, I'm staying behind and I'm fighting for my country. I, I believe in it. I don't care who the enemy is. I'm going to face him head on. And I'm sure he's not there, like literally in, in the middle of fucking firefights. But the fact that he's staying behind is telling of his character and 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 what he's willing to do. And the way he's leading his people, and the way he's inspiring his own people to really fight back against, basically Goliath. <clears throat> you have a, a modern day David and Goliath story right. going on, and they are just whooping their ass. And and he's he's providing that that inspiration for them. And he like like I said before, maybe maybe I'm a little overreacting, but he's like a modern day George Washington to say, you know what, the risk is high, but. But to not fight is the 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 result of that is even more consequential for us. And I think that's a big takeaway, right? I mean, it goes to show you start to see somebody like like him who's you know showing face on the battlefield, and conversely, you are also hearing countless stories of average citizens going and taking up arms to to assist in you know in fighting for their country, you know. And I think there's a lesson to be learned here because we've come, become so divided here in our own country that yeah. it would be a far cry for everybody to come together in any situation. I mean, you know, we've talked about this before and how it's almost like we're the weakest we've ever been because we're so divided, right? Yeah. And wasn't it wasn't a Russian diplomat years ago that said, you know, we will divide the United States without even lifting a finger or something like that? I mean... Yeah, that was, that was part of the whole... The whole... <sighs> That was part of, of what, I can't remember if it was Khrushchev or who it was, but it was somebody within the communist, communist regime of the USSR that basically stated that, you know, we don't, we don't need to lift a finger to defeat the United States. We'll just, let, we'll, we'll just try to get them to divide themselves, which they've been very successful of doing. You have to wonder how many, how many average citizens here would, would, would really, you know, Say you know what? Fuck this! I'm 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 meeting the the enemy the the enemy head on. How many how many how many average people that you know that you come across on a daily basis would, would do that? Hmm. Here, I, I just I I can't I just can't imagine, especially 
especially people younger than us. And I, I hate to shit on, on, you know, you know, millennials or, or the Gen Z uh, population of here of the U S but I just don't see a lot of passion and fight in them on a daily basis, let alone a literal life and death situation where you need to fight back against an enemy. No. Yeah, good call. By the way, that was Khrushchev, and uh, he said we'll take over America. We will take America without ever firing a shot. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, I, I don't know if you you're so aware. I, you know, everybody's teachers are different for our children or whatever. And I, I wasn't going to get into it, but it was kind of funny. You know, I was talking to you know my, my friend's daughter, and she was talking about school and. She was talking about how, uh, you know, obviously with being February Black History Month, she's like, yeah, you know, I was learning about Harriet Tubman. I was like, oh, that's cool. The Underground Railroad. I'm, that's awesome. And then she started like, you know, being a kid, you know, trying to be funny or whatever. But like, she's like, oh, yeah, AOC and RBG. And I'm like, wait a minute. You, why are you learning about AOC? She hasn't done anything. Yeah. And I also noticed like everything that she kind of just spouted out was very progressive leaning. So it's like. You're learning this. This is what your teachers are teaching you. They're teaching you certain specific set of ideas. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not their place. It's their, their teachers' jobs are to teach about history and to teach about economics and to teach about math and to teach lessons about things that have actually happened. AOC. I, I mean, I'm not going to get into it with a nine-year-old, of course, right? I'm not going to tell her yeah. like, "Yeah, well, dude, you know, AOC was responsible for twenty-five thousand jobs not coming to New to <laughs> to New York. Like, does she know that? Does she? You want to explain tax base to a nine-year-old? No, I mean, but it's just it, it, it was interesting to me, you know, because these ideas they're being taught to to our youth without anything really to base it on it's just like this carte blanche like okay we need to learn about aoc well why are we learning about her are we learning about her because she's hispanic are we i mean because she's not the first hispanic to take her position so what is it you know yeah she's definitely not going to be one of those people that takes up arms and heads into the trenches she's definitely not going to be yeah. one of those people no if anything she'd probably direct the enemy to where where to take over uh her own her own fellow fellow americans <laughs> I, I just I, see her being that way. Yeah, she's definitely not going to be one of those people that were on uh, that Snake Island. Did you see that video? Absolutely, dude. I, I I tried time and time again. I was trying to to find the actual video because I'm assuming that there's some kind of video that goes with it. But everything that I found, it just has the audio, and then it leads up to their interaction. So people that don't know, um, Russia was coming in. It was you know they had one of their ships. And they're approaching this snake island. It's basically a small a, an, island out in the Black Sea. Yeah, it's a, it's also not the actual name of the island. I can't really remember what it was, but yes. they're basically, you know, they're they're telling the Ukrainians like, "Hey, it's time to uh, put your arms down um, or risk, you know, we're gonna we're, we're gonna open fire on you, and it's not gonna be pretty for you." Yeah. And uh, basically, the Ukrainians, the Ukrainian soldiers' reaction was to go fuck yourself. Yeah, legit. Yeah, the actual they the actual said. exchange was the exchange was I am a Russian warship. I suggest you lay down your arms and surrender to avoid bloodshed and unnecessary victims, or you will be bombed. The Russians said. Male Ukrainian soldiers heard saying amongst themselves saying so that's it should i tell them to fuck themselves and then a female ukrainian soldier responds well just in case 
And then the male soldier then responds with, Worship, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and then they all died. <laughs> so I saw something today where, where they may actually be alive, where, where they, they may They're have survivors. actually been taken, supposedly, but I, I, I don't know if that's the case. So who know? I mean, we'll, we'll probably find out when all this bullshit is said and done, but let's, let's say that, that, they, that they were fired upon and they were killed. Um, I, it's, and, and we're laughing not because it's funny. We're laughing because it's, it's very, again, it's, it's a situation of David versus Goliath, and David tells Goliath to go fuck himself before Goliath basically beats him to death. Uh, I'm laughing it's, because it's like, that's a level of balls that I will never have. It's a modern day Alamo is what it is. That's next level having balls. It is. It really is. Exactly. It's, it, it's you know, and it, it, it's another instance of inspiration where, where Ukrainians are like, no, I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. We're defending our, our country. We are digging our heels in. And we're going to fight to the death. We, are, we literally will be fighting to the death. How do you think Emma would have handled that situation? How do you think what? Emma. Who's Emma? <laughs> so I shared with you uh, off, off the podcast, it was a recruitment video that I came across. And it was a comparison oh. between the United States, China, and Russia. And the oh, recruitment yeah. videos, which I referenced earlier in this episode as well. But the United States mm -hmm. one is basically, it's, it, it shows a cartoon of a little girl growing up in California and she's got two mommies and one of their mommies is sick, but then both of the mommies wanted to get married and then she ended up going off to college and she had a really sweet life and she was a member of a sorority. But then, you know, the military gave her opera, gave her some, some opportunities and she became a member of the military and, you know, she's just a really sweet girl. I'm sure Emma would have, would have asked them for a timeout and, you know, probably would have asked them, how they felt about the whole situation. She had to go and to then, her safe space first and then think about things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's probably how it would have transpired, to be quite honest. They had to get a, a therapist there and try to mediate things, talk about things. Do you really want to blow these people up? Well, yeah, they told me to go fuck myself. So, yeah, but you have guns pointed at them. So you think maybe you should put your guns down? No, we want them to put their guns down first. And the language is very offensive. Very offensive. And the I fact that, you know, why what, one, one, up on them. I mean, they use the naughty word. Yeah. And, you know, like one, one person, you know, the, the, the person on the radio was a male and hair, they would be considered a, a he, him. We didn't know. Whereas he might've you know, identified himself as a female despite his voice. That is, that is true. Might've, might've identified as a lawn chair. So who knows <laughs> nowadays, where does the line end? I know it's getting off topic, but Jesus, where does the line end? <laughs> like, where, where is that snowball? You know, like when, when there was discussion about these masks and everything and people were like, oh, this is where it starts, you know, and Jocko, I, I saw a podcast where he was talking about it and he was giving his, you know, two cents about having to wear a mask. He's like, honestly, it's not a big deal to me. If it just, if, if it means this person's yeah. not going to bitch at me because I'm wearing a mask, I'll just wear the mask. It's not worth it. People are like, yeah. well, this is where it starts. It's a slippery slope. Where does it end? He's like, oh, there's a line. There's a line. You know, yeah. you, you, you know, yeah. you kind of go with things for a little bit, but once you start getting past that certain point, it's time to, to, you know, dig your heels. And it's like, all right, that's enough already. Yeah. 
exactly. And, that, and that's the thing. I mean, if, if you're going to get bent out of shape over a fucking mask, I mean, there, there's something wrong with you. To, what to are you be doing? Quite honest. What are you going to do in the right? You think that all the soldiers in, in Ukraine were worried about who was wearing a mask? You know, and, and it's funny because in the video, some of them actually were. I'm like, these people are, are literally facing death head on and they're, they're still worried about the fucking about COVID outdoors. I mean, come on, dude, just fucking take. <laughs> they got missiles getting shot at their off. location. Yeah. The missiles, like bullets if, are flying if, if I'm in wearing a mask, cold. If I'm wearing a mask in a war zone, it's going to be a gas mask, not, not a fucking surgical mask. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I know. I know. <laughs> Fucking worried about smallpox, <laughs> not not fucking COVID. Fuck that. What do you think of these? <sighs> what do you think of all these sanctions that we're starting to levy? You know, we saw basically, you know, Germany was on board and we were cutting down this pipeline that's over there. Yeah. And now today we just launched some new sanctions into kind of putting a squeeze on their financial abilities. Yeah, their yeah, their ability to bank worldwide. Yeah. No, I mean. Listen, any any bit helps, and I, I think a lot of it really, I, I, you know. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know dispute what Joe Biden said. This is really more of a deterrent than anything. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, I mean, you're you're, you're freezing a, a a country's assets in other countries. I mean, they still have plenty of money within their own country, and that's usually you know, once it's there. <laughs> They do, but you know, it, it, any bit helps, and I, and I think it's especially true going after Putin, his inner circle, as well as like all these all these wealthy oligarchs that have no problem supporting him whatsoever. I mean, right? Once once you start grabbing their balls, squeezing and twisting, it, it starts hitting them hard. But the thing is, is you know, it's still. I don't know if by definition it's still a communist country, but it's a communist country. I mean, if they need tanks to get made if they need missiles to get made money's not going to be the object they don't have to pay their workers you know if they already have the raw material there they're just going to have to they're going to force people to go and make these things no but but if but if you see the difference between russia today versus what it was 50 years ago it's totally different in terms of their economy it's, they have more of a free economy now they have more of a capital capitalist economy and a lot of it is crony capitalism but they do have a more capitalist economy now as opposed to what it was 50 years ago so I mean, it, they are a lot more successful now. I think there's just a lot of that that centralized government power within within Putin that really still kind of makes them hold on to the USSR from the past. So, I mean, and also to 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 trade on the world market, you do have to so, show some sort of sensibility in your economics of your, of your country altogether. I mean, no, nobody's want to trade with you if you're, if you're completely manipulating everything, unless like it's China where, where the labor is so cheap, you have no other choice, but to go there and, and, and build a factory. So it's, it's different than what it was. And I think the reason why Putin and, or the reason why modern day Russia and modern day China have kind of teamed up is I think Russia has kind of taken a, a page out of China's playbook which is to, you know, essentially be a communist country while also being capitalist, which kind of are, they're kind of, uh, they're, they're, they're antithetical to one another. Um, but it, they're not stupid in terms of trying to promote their, their progressive ideology of really centralizing power, 
keeping their, you know, keeping their citizens on their toes, yet maintaining a certain amount of economic freedom to ensure that, that they're able to compete well on the world market. So that, that's ultimately what it comes down to. But I think Putin has gone completely off the rails, to be quite honest. So one thing that people are going to be hearing a lot about in the coming days, if not weeks, when it comes to the whole financial thing is they're talking about a lot about the SWIFT financial system. And what SWIFT yes. is, is the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. And what it is, it's a global messaging system connecting thousands of financial institutions around the world. So that's like you were just saying before, you know, when it's time to kind of, you know, if they're getting help from basically their billionaire oil oligarchs, they're going to be, once their assets are being freezed, they're going to feel a little bit of a, a squeeze themselves. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see. I mean, do you think that China is going to be getting involved in some capacity? And so what might that be? Because I had seen something <sighs> that the, uh, the, the White House press secretary, she was saying something, uh, she was calling on China to condemn Russians' invasion of Ukraine. And, you know, so far... Mom's been the word on that front, from what I understand. So uh, just yesterday, China actually did come out with something and it was kind of like a, a half-baked or kind of like a half-assed response, which really didn't completely condemn Russia, but kind of said like, you know, both, both countries um, need to calm down on what they're doing or something to that effect. So it's kind of like them just coming out there and just throwing something out there just to say, hey, look, we said something. But really, it was kind of it was it was just kind of like a, a half measure, to, to be quite honest. Half baked. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which but, which uh, was kind of like them still showing support to Russia, even though they're they're like kind of, you know giving them a, a mild slap on the wrist. Well, that's the way we want to take it, right? Because we want everybody to be against them. But just because mum's the word, you know, for the most part, I mean, granted, you know, it's a little half-assed slap on the wrist, but why do they have to? You know, why do they have to take a side? Because we say that they have to? Well, I, yeah, I mean, that, that, that is a good point. But I think it's also, I think it's not just, a, from our perspective, it's not just a matter of, of them joining in and saying, Hey, Russia, you need to cut the shit because this is really bad for both you and for Ukraine. I think it's more telling that, and I, I know that, you know, China and Russia have probably have kind of been butt buddies over the past few years, if not longer. Um, I think it's more telling now that, that China really is supportive of, of Russia without a doubt. And so with that, I think if there's any sort of escalation, it's to be expected that China probably will get involved in one way, shape, or form. Now, I don't know how, um, but I just feel that they probably will. So, Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's going to depend on if anything comes from this accord, you know, in the next coming days with Zelensky meeting with Russia. And is it going to be actually these two presidents sitting down you know, across the table from one another? No. Yeah. So, so it's going to be a representative. So um, so your game, your, yeah, I feel exactly. like they're playing a game of telephone at that point. Yeah, it, it is. But I mean, if, if you're Zelensky, knowing that, that the Russians are probably trying to kill you, like literally are trying to kill you and your family, would you actually want to meet with them face to face? Well, that's a thing. I mean, what if that happens? If they try to kill him? 
Yeah. What if that happens? They're going to know where he is. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely a possibility. I, I don't know what the ramifications are at that point, other than um, the Russians will be, will definitely be held for war crimes. I feel like that would definitely be like a Archduke Ferdinand kind of scenario, yeah. you know, and we know what happened yeah. there we had world war one spiraling out of control. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I I don't know, but it's it's pretty it's pretty nutty. Is that story with World War One with the sandwich? Is that true? What do you mean? You never heard the story? What sandwich? Okay, so some story that I heard was that. So Arch Archduke Ferdinand, right? He was in his convertible. There was an assassination attempt initially, failed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's no GPS back then. So his driver tries to flee. Meanwhile, one of the other would-be assassins, you know, he stops in the chaos or whatever, like everything's kind of settling down, goes to have a sandwich in like a deli or something like that. While he's having the sandwich, this lost fucking driver driving around a world leader ends up driving by, stops at whatever, slowed down. He goes back out there, has a second chance. That's when he shot. Mm. I don't know if it's true. It sounds pretty weird. I could be making stuff well, up. I'm not making it up. I've heard it somewhere. Somebody else made it up. Interesting you say that. Uh, my wife and I watched um, the latest Kingsman movie last week. And that's about, that's, that takes place during World War I, which the, with, the, with um, Archduke Francis Ferdinand, and uh, it's kind of interesting because I forgot where the I don't know if they were in Serbia or if they were in Austria, Hungary at the time. And um, they're driving along a street, then they end up going down an alley. They get lost, and so they end up backing out. And one of the assassins that tried do he tried throwing a bomb at, at, at Archduke Francis Ferdinand's car during this parade, and he missed. So then he sees them driving by after they get lost. And as they're backing up, he walks up to him and he shoots him twice and kills him. So I don't, I, that could be something to that effect. I have no idea. It's a good question though. There's plenty of argument, plenty of articles about it. World War one. I, I typed in world war one, got as far as S a and sandwich came up. Garvillo, Princip, who happened to be in Franz Joseph Street buying a sandwich at the cafe, came out and released the opportunity he had. He aimed at Ferdinand from a distance of five feet. His bullets hit the Archduke in the neck and his wife, Sophie, who was traveling with him in the belly abdomen. It's crazy because these these things, they still exist, right? You know, just like if you go to, I was in a museum in Detroit and I saw the suit that Abraham Lincoln was wearing when he was assassinated. Some of these articles, you know, that they're still in existence. It's it's pretty impressive because the it's 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 funny because I don't know if you ever saw what he was wearing when he was assassinated, Ferdinand. Yeah. Like it, it was like you know whatever kind of regala that they wore back in the day. Yeah. And like with like sashes with medals on it and all sorts of craziness. But yeah. You know, it's funny to see, but you know they still have that article and it still has the blood on it. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Without a doubt. Yeah, but we're it's a very tenuous situation over there right now and I, who knows what'll happen with all this. 
and what comes of all this. But I mean, the way things are going right now, the Ukrainians are doing a good job holding their own. Now, you know, just like during the Revolutionary War, it wasn't like the colonialists held off the 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 British by themselves. They had a lot of help from from the um, from the French, especially, and got a lot of weaponry from the French and everything. So it it was a different it was a different ball game. So we we definitely had a lot of help, even though we were outmanned and outgunned as well. So it's kind of a situa- similar situation in Ukraine. But the thing is, is that you have to like the people have to have the will to fight. If they don't have the will to fight, it's it's not gonna. You could give them all the weapons that you want. Prime example just happened this past summer. I mean, we we literally left the Afghani's billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of highly, you know, highly advanced technology to fight against Al Qaeda, and Al Qaeda overran the entire country within a matter of days. And Al Qaeda and and ISIS, whatever the hell that they're 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 like they're they're like cavemen compared to what Russia has capabilities of. So it's the will of the people that that really that really sets tone for these types of conflicts, and we can see this unfolding right before our very eyes. So, right, and one thing I mean, that we haven't talked to that you shared an article with me, Vladimir uh, Vladimir Putin, he took unprecedented post war, excuse me, post Cold War action Sunday by ordering his nuclear deterrent forces to be in high alert as international tensions over Russia's invasion of Ukraine spiraled. So um, he ended up actually saying uh, at a meeting of top officials, they showed it on a Sunday on state TV, um, the country's nuclear weapons are prepared for increased readiness to launch. It's uh, in response to NATO's power, the NATO powers making what he's calling aggressive statements. So this, this raises the stakes a little bit, you know, um, once you start kind of putting all these nuclear weapons into, into action, you know, whether or not they're used, you're making a statement. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if he did that, that could be the, that could be like the Pearl Harbor of World War II. I, I mean, you know, the, the Japanese thought that they, that they dealt a, a massive blow to the U.S. at that point when they attacked us in Hawaii. Yeah. But to feed on what you were saying earlier, you know, I mean, it's not like it's just the United States that has nuclear weapons and not like it's just Russia right. that has nuclear weapons. So once they start to launch, I mean, look at India, look at Pakistan, both hate each other, yeah. both nuclear yep. powers, you know, England, France, Italy, the yep. list goes on. I mean, all these countries have nuclear weapons, Israel, Yep. you know, so it's not like China. it's just China. Yeah, but China's not going to be shooting. North Korea. It's going to be a... Yes. He's, who's he's, who's doing God knows what over there. Yeah, he's probably he's probably sitting on one of those rockets right now, <laughs> riding it like like a fucking horse. The cowboy head on with his blockhead haircut. Had haircuts dope. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, it's, I. I think I think a lot of this is posturing by Putin. I don't think he's really serious, to be quite honest. Because if he were, if he had any any ounce of sanity left in him, he knows what the ramifications are to that. It's it's a zero sum game. It's not it's not like you know when we dropped the bomb, just like you said before. It's not like when we dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. 
where the Japanese were like, holy shit, okay, that's it, we're done, you know? No, I mean, we we have the advanced capabilities of counterattacking and and really and doing heavy, heavy, heavy damage to Russia. No, but I don't I don't think he'd, he'd lead with that. I, I think as what we've seen with things that are probably more realistic in the short term are more cyber attacks, which I would not I wouldn't be surprised at all if we get if if we get attacked with any of those oh i think 100 percent we will i think 100 percent we will but the thing is i mean if that's happening you know there's going to be attacks going from our i mean it's not like the united states doesn't have hackers it's not like the yeah. entire world isn't mad at as at, at russia right now i mean there's plenty there's plenty in that arsenal yep so exactly. i gotta ask you did you know who won the cpac conservative meetings 2024 presidential straw poll i did Donald, Donald J. Trump. Trump. Can we get somebody else in here, man? Like these are our only options. I mean, I feel like for the past eight years we've been force fed either Trump, Hillary Clinton, or Joe Biden. Force fed. We haven't been fed him. I think there'd be a, a lot of willing participants to gobble up what he has to say. Yeah, I, I just—it's just we have these crazy characters. We do, and it's like they, they get more and more polarized as they go, and it, that that's not who we are as a nation. We're not like there, there's this article just today that I saw about Marjorie Taylor Greene at some you know that was being criticized for speaking at some white nationalist conference, which was kind of taken a bit out of context. But you know, lo and behold, she was at this America First um, political action committee which apparently did have a lot of a lot of white nationalists at it. And I guess the guy who spoke before her, uh, what the hell is his name? Nicholas, Nick Fuentes. Okay. He, um, he's a, like a self-proclaimed white nationalist and all that other stuff. He's relatively young. He's in his early 20s. And like, he was like making some, like, some nationalist remarks and praising Putin and what he did. And the crowd was chanting Putin, Putin, Putin at that, at that particular conference that she spoke at. I, and this is not what we need. I, no. and I, you know, and she's technically on, you know, on the same political political side of the aisle that the Amman in terms of being more conservative, more right wing, but not that far right. I mean, and, and then on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, you have people like Bernie Sanders and you have AOC and you have Rashida Tlaib and and Ilhan Omar, and, and they're, they're no different just on the other side with, with their extremist views. So this is not what we need as a nation. We need people that are more centrist. And the fact that, look, I mean, like, you know, Donald Trump was, was a relatively, you know, better for better or worse, was relatively more, more well-respected. Um, by by other world leaders because of his about his tough policies and stuff like that, but just his his demeanor and the way he speaks and and all that other stuff is just it's a turnoff. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people think differently and they just love the guy for whatever reason. It's a turnoff to me. Like I I'd I'd like to have somebody who speaks tough, says what they mean and means means what they say, um, but without all the gibberish and just the incoherent bullshit that comes out of his mouth 
And I just don't know who the hell that is right now. Although I, the, the only person that seems like they would be a reasonable leader right now is Tulsi Gabbard. And she's a Democrat. And, and for me to say that she seems she seems reasonable is like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't see any people right now in the immediate future <clears throat> on either side of the political spectrum that is a worthy leader, to be quite honest. I agree with you. You know, I said it time and time again, she's articulate. She's been there before. She explains, you know, her thought process. I mean, she completely dismantled Kamala Harris in, in the yeah. debates. And it's amazing that she's even our vice president now because, you know, it's this, he's trying to make like the most diverse administration ever. And like, is that going to set precedents going forward? You know, it's like, it's almost like he, he, he kind of created this this administration, whereas when it gets dismantled, which all administrations do from one yeah. administration to the next, they all get dismantled. And you're not going to see it as maybe as diverse as the, I don't think you're going to see somebody in the Department of Energy that looks like this guy that we talked about last week. I mean, you're not going to see that. And the crazy thing is, is this is where I think things get a little bit crazy. And like we have this new nominee for the the, the Supreme Court. Right. Yeah, I've really been paying much attention to it, so I, I'm, I'm, I, I apologize to anybody listening. Um, I'm not familiar with her name, which I could quickly Google. Um, but one of the big things is that you know he wanted to have a person of color on the Supreme Court that's a female. Don't disagree with it. But one of the things that I see a lot of people saying are, you know, when you're targeting one specific demographic, are you going to get the best candidate? No. And. I Katanji Brown Jackson. There you go. Um, yeah. I've seen interviews with her. Seen her talk. She seems like an amazing person. Now the thing is, is that you know we always want to say we'd be dismissive and say, well, once you're, when you're going after a certain demographic, are you going to get the best candidate possible? Even when you leave it open to any demographic, are you always getting the best possible candidate? And I would argue to say that you're not because yeah. number one, not everybody. It, it's such a large. I don't know, lake, and you're trying to catch a specific fish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, it's a large net to cast to try to catch the one that you really, really want. You know, the one that you really, really want might not even exist on on your roster of possible candidates. You know, it might be somebody that might do a better job that you just haven't heard of before. You know, they yeah. haven't been bolstered by whoever's in their district, you know, that, that you happen to have befriended. You know what I mean? There's people that are capable. Everybody that's in those positions to be a circuit judge they're well qualified. Yeah. They're not in there because, you know, they've got a, a lot of skeletons in their closet and they've been that good at, you know, evading anybody finding out about it. Right. I mean, and if that's going to be your argument, one could argue, I mean, Kavanaugh, that dude had some skeletons in his closet. Right. Yeah. Coney Barrett, I thought she went through the, the, you know, her whole, uh, What's what I'm looking for? Confirmation. I think she went through yeah. pretty seamlessly. Whereas, you know, Kavanaugh, there was a lot of hiccups. You know, and this yeah, person gets introduced. Uh, yeah, 100%. But he fucked up. He fucked up a lot. Yeah. He did. I mean, that's, that's the argument that I like to go to, and that's the example. Like, do you really think that this is the best candidate? Because I guarantee you there's somebody with his credentials that don't, doesn't have, or didn't have, rather, um, still don't have as many skeletons in their closet and this kind of kind of wishy-washy past. You know what I mean? 
So, I mean, one yeah. could argue, like you're saying, oh, yeah, you're going after her because she's specifically a black female. And is she the best person, you know, the best qualified candidate for the job? And maybe she's not. But I don't know if, you know, anybody else that you pick to be in that position is going to be the most qualified either. So, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm like, you know, eh, whatever. Yeah. You know, my whole thing is, are they going to be upholding the Constitution? Are they going to be fair? You know what I mean? If if you're going into that position with this idea that you're going to just go a certain agenda and leave your ethics at the door, then I have a problem with that. I, I do too, and I uh, even even with like I I don't I don't care what what somebody's what somebody's political ideology is. I'm, I'm I I don't give a shit at the Supreme Court level. What I want to know is that when it comes down to cases that you are fair and balanced with what the constitution entails because I, we don't need activists. Okay. I, in fact, I don't, I don't understand, you know, this whole, Oh, conservative versus versus liberal judges and all that other stuff. I, I'm, I'm, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be really making shit up as you go. If you're a judge, because then we, we are entering, very, very dangerous territory by doing so. So that that's how you really try to maintain the balance of power between the executive, judicial, and legislative branches. I mean, sure, the legislative branch, you have bias one way or another. The executive branch, you have bias one way or another. The judicial branch, it should be cases are coming up. I am blind to the ideology. What does the Constitution say? Okay, how, how do we interpret this case based on the way the Constitution is written? If that person cannot make a ruling based on what the Constitution says, then they are immediately disqualified from that position. Immediately. Okay, if, if they are an activist judge that, you know, doesn't, you know, uh, wants to do away with the Second Amendment, they are immediately disqualified from that position. Immediately. I, I don't care what your past experience is. I don't care how much time you've spent at district courts or circuit courts, appellate courts, whatever. I don't care. You are immediately disqualified. Okay. It, it's that simple. And it's, it's not just about Second Amendment, First Amendment, every amendment of the Constitution. If you can't rule unbiased, in a lot of these court decisions, then then there is a problem with you being in that seat altogether and you don't deserve to be there. Right. Again, I, I right. I mean, if, I, you're, I so if your your job in that position is to make sure everything's fair, to make sure the letter of the law is being upheld, not to put your own personal agenda before, yeah. you know. Because if laws need to change, it shouldn't be changed by the outcome in a judicial proceeding. Exactly. That, that's why we have, we have, uh, uh, you know, we have limited power in the three branches of government to ensure that that shit doesn't Who happen. Who are typically referred to as what? what They're typically re- referred to as lawmakers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, you can't have the people, you know, <laughs> overseeing the court cases, also making the laws as they go. That, that's a serious conflict of interest because 
that's where you see moving of the of the goalpost, you know, back and forth. You cannot have that. That that's when shit really starts to fall apart. And going back to to the thing that you said about 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 Jocko Willink recent or, or what you had just seen, right? Um, that's where you dig your heels in. Yeah, exactly. Is when you have shit like that because that that's exactly what happens in other in, in other dictatorships across the world. Yeah. That's not going to happen here. But if if we if we have this political ideology where we're only going to put certain judges in because they fit a certain mold, they 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 fit a certain agenda for us for for you know the way we think that that you know that that court should be should be built up. Then we've completely lost who we are as a society. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I also think you know when he was making that reference, it was in reference to you know, like I said, the, the mask mandates and everything like that. People wearing masks and being told you have to wear a mask to go into certain businesses or what have you. And you know, talking about the slippery slope and what's going to happen next, right? They're already making you wear a mask, or they're going to be telling you to do this and X, Y, Z. And this is where, like, you know, all the I, I, I kind of chuckle now because as we see. You know, New York is about to open up to people that are unvaccinated. You're not going to need to show a card to show that to show that you were vaccinated before you enter. You know, whatever. I, I went to a couple shows in New York over the past couple months and had to show you know uh, proof of vaccination and my ID before I went into these places, and that's going away. So if anything, like I used to kind of laugh when people kind of had that idea and they're like, yo, they're they're trying to take away your rights, dude. They're just asking you to wear a mask. Like, yeah. it's it's not that serious to me yeah well just wait just wait just wait i kept hearing that right just wait well we're starting to hear wait these things just wait for what <laughs> they're already doing away with this whole mandate thing like they're yeah. already doing away with the fact that kids have to wear masks in school they're already doing away with the fact that you have to wear masks to go into businesses they've done it a long time ago like a lot of these restrictions that we had for some time they're gone now now the only thing that i would argue if there was ever you know a time where they're trying to lock everything down again I mean, that's, that's obviously that's going to cause some problems because look how many people they invested their entire life savings into these businesses that have now fallen under because yeah. of these, you know, these restrictions and, and such. And so there's a lot to be learned from that whole thing, but yeah, you know, but remember during COVID when we had such reasonable gas prices and now yeah. they're completely through the roof. <laughs> how many gas pumps have you gone to pump gas and you're seeing the Biden stickers with them? Like I did that. Oh yeah. Almost everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could buy a hundred of them for five bucks on Amazon. Could you really? Yeah. I don't know how I would know that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> they might I've have seen... found their way out to a couple gas pumps. It's funny because they only last like 24 hours. They're gone the next day. I've seen them. I've seen them on, um, on certain groceries like, uh, like steaks. Meat. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. The price per pound. <laughs> so you shared something with us. Uh, let me see if I could get some uh, some volume here. Looks like I can. Yeah. I interviewed drivers in Los Angeles today, and they tell funny. me they are stressed yesterday. out right. over like these laughing. soaring gas prices. Watch this. It made me want to stop and slap somebody because this is ridiculous. You know, I'm out here trying to door dash, and uh, I can't I can't get make no money. You know, it's all going in my tank. I interviewed drivers in Los Angeles today, and they tell me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just repeated. It started going to play itself again. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like the reactions. That, that reminded me of that that video. It was like, "Woo, they raping everybody." 
<laughs> it was just, you know, like considering the, you know, in, you know, how, how dark of a place the world is in right now. And he's not wrong. I know some people. No, that he's have, not. Even in retirement, you know, I'm at that point in my career where there's a lot of people they've they've reached their their finish line. They've they've gotten out of it and they want to go do something else. And you know, they're collecting their pension. It's a little sun, but you know, just a little extra hustle on the side. You know, they got time. They're doing yeah. DoorJazz. They're doing Uber. People that were doing Uber, they said, you know, forget it. I don't want some stranger in my vehicle farting. I'm good. So, so they're doing Grubhub and DoorDash and everything. And, you know, a friend of mine, he was making a couple hundred bucks like in a night, you know? Yeah. It's good. It's not bad. And, but the same thing, it's just like this gas is starting to creep up. It's cutting into my profits. Yeah. And there's, yeah, exactly. It's being cast that, you know, that's being passed on right now anyway to the actually deliverer person. It's not being passed on to the consumer yet. Yeah. Eventually it will. Eventually yep, it, will. it will. Exactly. Yeah, as as transportation for for all of our consumer goods start, you know, starts getting prices affected because of because of fuel, we're all going to feel it soon. And places in California have already exceeded five dollars a gallon. I saw, I saw they're always leading the charge, though, right? Always leading yeah, the charge. It's just insanity. It really is. But in fairness, I mean, the last time gas prices were this high was under the Bush administration. They were over four four fifty. Oh yeah, and I remember. So fifteen years ago. Yeah, I I, I still remember that. It was two thousand eight. I had a two thousand five Jeep Grand Cherokee, which I, I loved the thing. It was it was fantastic, but the gas was killing me. And I was driving to a hospital where it was fifty two miles one way. Okay, so I was doing one hundred and four miles per day, in a in a V six Jeep Grand Cherokee. I, I was you know, I was paying out the nose in, in gas. So what I did is I, I went out and I purchased, I, I kept my Jeep. I went out and I purchased a brand new Honda Civic, 2008 Honda Civic, four cylinder. My monthly payment for the Civic and what I was paying in gas for it in my, for my commute was still less than what I was spending per month in gas with the Jeep Grand Cherokee. It was just absolutely fascinating. So when people say like, oh, but what about the taxes and registration? I was like, it still was not even close to what I was paying in a vehicle that I had paid off already. So my, my, my Grand Cherokee was paid off and I bought the, I, I bought the, the, the Civic brand new, still less than, you know, brand new Honda Civic with a car payment per month. And the less gas I was paying for that was still less than than the paid off Jeep and just the gas for that. That's insane. Absolute insane insanity. Exactly. Yeah, I, uh, I jokingly <laughs> say I'm like, yeah, when I retire, you know, my next car is going to be a Honda Civic. And the funny thing <laughs> is, I look and I see Honda Civics are like over thirty thousand dollars now in some instances. They are. It's insane. But everything's insane. Everything's insane. Exactly. Exactly. I was talking about getting a leasing a car, works from home. So obviously the lowest, lowest uh, mileage per month. But it was a, it's a pathfinder. So they're calling the local dealer, dealership around here, and they're saying, yeah, you know, we're getting fourteen next month. Twelve of them are already purchased. Two of them are going to the lot, but they're like the platinum package. So it's just like every single option. I think I mentioned this last week. It's yeah. just like a ninety thousand yep. dollar pallet. Like, 
all sad, dude. All sad. Yeah, exactly. You see, exactly. I saw advertisement for like the cyber truck. Yeah, hundred thousand <laughs> plus. The the, the, the Chevy Civil, uh, the Chevy Silverado that they advertised in the uh, in the Super Bowl. Sopranos yeah. theme. Yeah. Over a hundred thousand dollars. That's insane. This is where we're starting now. I listen. I I had it over the summer. I bought a, a, a 2017 Ford F one fifty Roush, which is like their you know their their it's like a step below the what the hell is it the oh my well, god I can't like think Roush it racing. It, it exactly. Yeah. It's 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 like it's like a sport truck. I mean, you know, sixty three thousand miles on it, and I spent forty six on it, forty six thousand. So. You know, years ago, you could have bought a truck brand new for that much. Now, those days are shit. gone. Yeah, exactly. Gone. Insane. Yeah. All right, folks. That's it from us this week. Yep. Let's hope we're still Hopefully. here to do another one next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we, we don't get wiped off the face of the earth by, by the next episode. We'll see you then, folks. All right, peace out. Peace.